0: Here's Charlene Steinkamp. We need to sell out to our Lord God and put all our hope in Him. And so we're going to go to some different scriptures. And I want to tell you tonight at the very, very beginning of this teaching that God has a solution to every one of your problems. I'm going to repeat that again because you need to get it. You need to get it written down so that when your circumstance comes up, you're going to say, okay, God, what is your plan? What do you want me to do? But God, but God has a solution, a plan, a purpose. Every one of your circumstances, every one of your problems, every one of your situations that the enemy or life could bring upon you. And he's got a plan and a purpose. I know that some of you are very downcast. They're very burdened in the crying stage of standing. They're in the wounded heart, broken heart. They feel like their heart is bleeding to death. They feel that their heart is so hurt and hurting so bad that it's never going to heal from the pain that they have been hurt with. With the words that has been said to them, with the things that their spouses have done, and I want to tell you that we need to turn to Psalm 42 to start our teaching tonight. I want to also tell you while you're turning to Psalm 42, that God's grace is sufficient for every need. God's grace is sufficient. He is right there with you, and He says, I am going to help you. I'm going to walk you through this. And we've got to come to the point that we know that we know who our Lord God is. And I'm going to start with verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. That is the title of what I want to teach tonight. Put your hope in one person. God. He will never fail you. If we totally put all our hope in Him, you will not be wounded or in despair. Because He will not fail you. He is the God of the universe. He's the one that created the sky. He's the one that's keeping the sky up in the sky. He's the one that's keeping the water from not coming in the oceans, to flood, Florida. He is the one that opens and turns the lights on with the moon every night and gets the sunrise in the morning. Put your hope in God who created all of us. He is in control. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And that's what I want you to do. I want you tonight to know that if you're depressed, I want you to admit it. If you're discouraged or defeated or in despair, I want you to admit it to your Lord because he knows already. You just don't think that he knows. But he knows everything. He knows what you're thinking every day, every moment. He hears everything that's going in your mind, and he knows everything that's coming out of your mouth. He knows everything about what you're going through. He's right there with you. And I told somebody last night when I was praying with them, I said, if you need to, put a picture of the Lord in your chair next to you. very close friend started chemo today. I said, you know what? Imagine that the Lord Jesus Christ is standing there right next to you administering this medicine to heal your body of cancer and he's going to use the physicians he's going to use the medicines but he's going to use his touch and he's allowed this to happen and if he's allowed it to happen he's going to turn it around to good which he already has I'm telling you that even in the midst of breast cancer God can turn it around to good he can do things that no one else can And that's what we've got to believe. We've got to believe that in the midst of your marriage problems, that your marriage is going to be better than it ever was. And we've got to believe that God is going to use you as a lighthouse for the future, for other people. It's not going to be Bob and Charlene the whole time. It's going to be you people that, like I said, you take a candle and you light it and then you take it and go spread it somewhere linda she has a restored marriage and they're talking about moving away and i said praise the lord go move away start another group but we've got to believe that we're lighthouses and you guys are from jupiter and stewart and palm bay and wherever you guys are a lighthouse in your own area and we need to be a lighthouse in our neighborhoods and in our churches And you have a choice to be a lighthouse. Or you can put your light under a bushel, cover it up with a bushel, and not tell anybody what you're doing. And then God's not going to get the glory. And we want to get God to get the glory. That's why we're saying, I'm standing for my marriage. I may look crazy, but I'm going to build an ark like Noah. And I'm going to build an ark, and I'm going to stand up and be crazy for the rest of my life. But God's right there with me. The Lord Jesus is right there with me. And you know what? That's the way you've got to do it. God knows your pain he knows your hurts and regardless of your circumstances of your financial needs your physical needs your emotional needs your soul needs to be healed your body soul and spirit and your mind and emotions need to be healed and you need to say Lord I want you to touch me from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes and change me and make me into the woman or the man that I need to be for my spouse and for my children. And I need to be the Christ-like example, wherever I may be, wherever I may go, while I'm standing. Because you're representing a king. You're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not to look at darkness. We're not to look at all this darkness that is going on in your life right now. But we are now to look at His light and know that he is the light and he is the light of the world and we need to surrender our life to him and we need to surrender every one of these problems, every one of our financial needs, every one of our children's needs, every one of how are we going to pay for college? How are we going to pay for private school? How am I going to pay for health insurance? How am I going to do any and all of this? How am I going to be a mom and a dad and a dad and a mom when it takes two people to raise a family? How am I going to do it by myself? The Lord's going to be with you. He said he will be there for the fatherless. He will help you people. And we've got to come to know that he says he will never leave you. He will never reject you. He will never abandon you. He will never wound you as your spouse has done. And I want to tell you, he's an awesome, awesome God and spouse and protector and refuge during this period of time. And we've got to know him that way. We need to seek God's will in our life every day. So let's turn to Hebrews 13. And while we're turning to Hebrews 13, I want to make another statement that God is able to do more than any of us ever ask or can imagine. I'm going to say that again. God is able to do more than we ever can ask or imagine. You know, you do not need to speak a long, 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 long prayer to ask for what your needs are. Or does Lord, help me. And I think we need to understand that. You sometimes need to shoot up small prayers and say, Lord, I need help with my bills. Help me to pay the bills. And you can say, Lord, it says in Philippians 4.19, you will supply all of our needs. And, you know, just remind him of his word and stand there believing that. And it says in Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So what is your big problem today? There's some of you I have no idea. But are you asking? Are you believing? Are you imagining it? Are you believing in his power? Not your power. His power. His power is going to bring this to happen. God is always faithful. And we need to know that. Do we really know that? That he is always faithful? See, I think it's hard to trust and believe and hope in our Lord. And he needs to teach us that. So we go to Hebrews 13. And I started to read it from... 5 and the Lord revealed it to me go back Charlene and I looked and what should verse 4 be but it says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. So with confidence, there's a secret word, underline it or circle it. We need to have confidence in our Lord God. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And man, when I read that, I thought, man, that's awesome. And the reason that I brought up verse 4 is that because so many of you know people that are living sexually immoral lives not your spouse so many of us know family friends co-workers at work in many other situations that are living sexually immoral lives they're living together may I be blunt and you know what we just sort of blink at it and we can't say anything because who are we you know but you know what that's a beautiful scripture you could use If you want to go to that person or if that person should ever say, Guess what? Jim and I are going to move in together. And you cannot say, Oh, great. That is so neat. You know, you need to stand up for what Jesus says and what God says and say, Wait a second. Honey, do you know what you're doing? You know what? Enough of the world and enough of the people. In this entire world have made enough messes of our lives we all have made messes of our lives but can we take our wisdom and our mistakes and say please don't do what I've done should we not teach our children our grandchildren and say do not steal if you steal something you're gonna get caught sooner or later I tell my children when they were growing up you can lie to me, but I can guarantee you God will reveal the truth to me sooner than you can imagine. And I told my husband that, and I knew things that he couldn't imagine. God kept telling me and showing me things that he never even knew I knew. But I'm telling you, when you sell out to your Lord and you say, I want to be Christ-like, I want to have the Christ-likeness, I want to live that righteousness of life. You know what? When we make mistakes, then please share your mistakes with other people as a testimony of what the Lord has taken away and forgiven us of. But we can share. We can share and say, don't go down that road because your car is going to get stuck in the mud. You're going to go down into a pit. And we are just blinking, this, the church and, and we Christians, and I believe I, I have it in my family. I have it in my family, and I have wept with the couple. And I have gone to him, and I've talked to him. We had a beautiful Christmas dinner and Christmas holiday, but I can tell you at the end of Christmas, before they walked out hand in hand, They heard from Aunt Charlene to the point that I broke down in tears and sobbing in front of all of the people at Christmas, you're supposed to have a party, that I said to them, do you know how much I love you and how much I care about you? If you care about this woman, you are not going to treat her like this, and you're going to get a ring on her and treat her royally as a woman of God and and marry her, you're going to not ruin her life. And that's what I'm saying. Are we willing to say that God's going to judge the sexually immoral? Are we willing to stand up while we're standing for our marriages and say to people, you know what? Don't do. Don't do. Don't do it. Because there's consequences to sin. Their marriage is based on something wrong to begin with. How many of us And people, I'm speaking to you now, how many of us married for the wrong reasons or married without even asking God? We all did because we weren't taught back 25, 35, 40, 50 years ago. I've talked with these older women that are getting divorced now in their 60s and 70s, and they did not know. And I'm telling you, we need to say we choose to be an example and to say, you know what? There's a better way. It's a narrow road, but we need to teach our young girls and say, you know what? I may have blown it, but don't follow me because there's consequences. Learn from me. We went to a women's conference recently, and they talked about abortions, and there are many, many, many women that have had abortions not knowing not thinking that what it's going to do back years and years and years ago. And I'm dealing with them now because they still have the guilt and the condemnation that they've never been able to forgive the spouse they married for what their spouse made them do. There's that anger and unforgiveness and bitterness. And I'm telling you that there are solutions by the Lord's book. If we will take and just take, go in the book and read the book, God will tell us. And I'm saying, do you just wink at sin and just say, well, it's not my problem, it's not me, it's not my immediate family, so I'm not going to worry about it. No, because if I didn't say something to my nephew, he's going to think, Aunt Charlene didn't say anything, hot dog, I got away from her. And you know what that means. She really, she teaches one thing, but she's not going to say anything to me because it's a difficult conversation. Now, months later, I have my children, who have heard me talk much about it in our home, go to him and say, make it right, make it right. If not, break it off. It's not me doing it. It's God doing it to my children. They're standing up and saying, you know what? We care about her. And you're really using her, saying marriage is sacred and that's what we need to say and pray for our spouses and your children need to know why you're standing It's because marriage is holy and sacred and it's a covenant and that's why that you're passing this on down to another generation and we've got to get excited about it and become bold and speak what is right and what is wrong and i'll tell you if you do it in love and not condemnation they will know it's from your heart That you're not criticizing, judging, but you're doing it for them. That you don't want them to get hurt. And I said, you're never going to get a marriage built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ by living with her first. And I tried to teach him. You've got to teach. You've got to be willing to be used by the Lord. Psalm 33. Let's go there. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive and them. but the eyes are on the lord who fear him you know i cannot tell you more than one scripture to pray is pray any scriptures about the lord putting a fear of god a reverential fear of god in your spouse because they need to fear god because when they meet their maker, they're going to say, why didn't you ever tell me? You need to know that we all need to fear God. I need to fear God. You need to fear God. Their spouses need to fear God. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and on those who hope in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. Verse 20, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Praise the Lord. God has a plan for you, your children, and your loved ones, and for your spouse. Go to Jeremiah 29, and I must use the scripture tonight because it's so appropriate. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart for I know the plans I have for you plans to give you a hope and a future a hope you need to have hope And this is what we're saying tonight. Put your hope in your Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, call to me. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to have a plan and a purpose for you, for your future. Do you believe God has a plan for you and your family and a future for you? That's not bad. We need to believe that and we need to call to him and go and just dissect That scripture to get to the point that you believe, that you believe, that you believe that God is going to turn this around to good. You know, we have many, many, many restored marriages in this room. Many. We had three people last week that just came to visit that have restored marriages with their spouses. home. They're rebuilding their home on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. There are two in this room, three again tonight praise the lord there's actually four tonight that have spouses home four tonight that have spouses home that are rebuilding their marriage on the solid rock of jesus christ now i'm telling you that is awesome every week we've got three or four that are coming to continue to grow in the lord and pray for their salvation of their spouse because they need their spouse to recommit their life to the lord and they need to rebuild and work on all the little different areas And putting the Lord first is number one. But God has a plan for you. And Psalm 71, verse 5 says, For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. So you need to put your hope and your trust and your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe that no matter what is happening, that you need to... Not fear the Lord, but trust the Lord. You need to know that he is going to meet your needs. Now, I can tell you, I know some of you in here tonight. And I know that there are financial needs in this room. Probably our finances get hit the hardest most immediately when the spouse leaves. And I know some of you are really having to deal with college and school and private school and all the things of life that goes on. And you're having to do it all on your salary with some help or little help or not as much help as you would like. And I'm going to tell you that if you were to take all your bills and you would stack them all together and add them up for a monthly, what your expenses are, and you would add your income, it's not going to meet. But I also want to tell you that in my case, i just talk about myself, every month I met my bills. I'd pray over my bills, and I'd say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm just going to write the letters of truth to my people that I owe and say, I'm going to give everybody some money this month. May it be $5, may it be $10, but I'm going to show you my faith that I will carry out, and I will pay this bill, but I'm going to give you a portion. You just keep paying, and one gets paid off, and you add that extra amount onto another bill. You can get out of debt in time if you're faithful and your Lord will teach you but you can't out God you need a tie you need to sow seed into, into ministries and I'm not saying that for our benefit I'm saying that for you to get out of debt what way do you get out of debt by giving out of debt you give and you get out of debt and that's how I did it and that's how Bob and I have done it you can never out God number one you need to tithe to your church That is imperative. That's a command. It's not an option. And you're going to say, but I don't have enough money to buy food. It's going to be like that little woman that took her last oil and flour and said, I'm going to give it to the prophet because I'm going to die anyway. So my son and I, I'm just going to give it to you and see what you're going to do. And he blessed it. And she had food forever to supply her needs because she gave her littlest amount that she had, but she gave it to him and believing that God was going to multiply it out. You cannot out God. You need to give him his 10%. That's his. He's giving you 90% to manage, so you got to give 10% to him. Regardless, it is mandatory. And if you don't give it, you're going to not receive all the blessings that God wants to give you. And that is so imperative. And I think so many of us did not understand about tithing. And maybe you weren't even tithing when your husband or wife had been left. But start tithing on what you get. Let's go to Psalm 146, verse 5 through 8. Psalm 146. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. High like this people. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. Is there somebody that is just carrying a yoke, a burden? If you're bowed down, you're burdened and overcome by it, the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord's going to lift up your burden. He's going to take it upon him. Let's turn to Romans. I'm going to have you reading the Bible all the way around tonight. Romans 5. Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have peace? Have you acquired the peace that you need to have? We need to get it. We need to ask the Lord to have faith, hope, and love, and a peace that is beyond understanding in Philippians 4. You need to have that peace. And if you don't have it, ask the Lord to give it to you. And look up scriptures about peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. In which we now stand. you get that? And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. <laughs> you don't want me to read that again? We rejoice in our sufferings. Now, there's not too many of us, starting with me, that I have rejoiced in my sufferings immediately. I've had to go through uh, on my knees, and really the Lord's had to remind me of all the scriptures that are in the Bible that talk about that we're to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, Charlene, how many times do I have to tell you, rejoice? In fact, I've given you the name Rejoice Ministry so you might remember it every day because you seem to forget it. But I need you to remember yourselves that we need to rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. There's our word again. And hope does not disappoint us because God... Has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. We need to have and need to seek and need to have it to be our goal that we are Christ like each and every day, more like Jesus, more righteous, and more like the Lord every day. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.